0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.
1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: It's that time of the year.
2: Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves.
1: Once upon a time there lived a poor widow and her son Jack. One day Jack's mother told him to sell their only cow and on the way to market Jack met a mysterious man who wanted to buy his cow for five magic beans. Jack took the deal and returned home to his mother who threw the beans out the window enraged at her son's financial illiteracy for which she likely had only herself to blame. The next morning they looked out the window and a huge beanstalk had grown from the magic beans that reached from the ground to the clouds. Jack and his mother then sold tickets to passing pilgrims and tourists to view their cool bean monument and sold knock-off bean sculptures with little googly eyes for $12 a pop and lived happily ever after. Sometimes Jack's mother asked him how he had known the beans were really magic and he'd look out the mirror and say, There was something in the man's eyes. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it was the gargle welcome to the gargle the sonic glossy magazine to the bugles audio newspaper for a visual world a podcast that has all of the news and none of the politics i'm your host alice fraser and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are tom neenan hello hello and pierre novelly welcome
0: hi hi Hi. how you doing
1: i'm good um I'm, I'm 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 good <laughs> <laughs>
3: she said in a wavering voice are you on a, are you, you are in a hotel room are we allowed to say that it's a it's an audio medium but i'm seeing it visually
1: yes i i think we do have a, a youtube version of this show available for people who like to Ooh. ignore the visuals
3: while
1: they listening to their podcasts but yes i'm in a hotel room in melbourne i'm here for a couple of days and uh Without my toddler, which is exciting. Oh wow! Also very sad. Mm. It's a mix. <laughs>
0: could you ask the hotel to send a toddler up, maybe? If you if you miss the sort of <laughs> chaos, they could send you one complimentary <laughs> toddler.
1: Well, yeah. Today I I, I I ate for dinner. I ate some ramen and felt very bereft by nobody having nobody to feed the bits to. All the good bits. <laughs> <laughs> Before we all sit around the communal hot pot that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of this week's magazine. The front cover this week is Sam Bankman-Fried posing provocatively with an extremely cross-examination, conclusively demonstrating on every front exactly the kind of smug, compulsively glib, rationalist, tap-dancing word jugglery that led him to think he could out-tango regulators, customers and the physics of business to the tune of $32 billion. On the bright side, his name will go down in history for terrible man-made disasters with Mr Ponzi, Sir Pyramid and the Hindenburg. Pierre, have you been following FTX and the, the subsequent trial?
0: I've been following it as much as I can ever comprehend uh, cryptocurrency and how on earth any of this could happen. Um, I, I file it away in the same part of my brain as the fact that, at least until recently, people were paying millions of dollars for a, a JPEG of a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sort of go, I accept it. I don't deny it. I go, oh, Okay. I accept this reality because I must. I, I, I can't really, I can't really do much more than accept it. I just go, oh yes, okay. I sort of feel like a kind of um, very out of touch and powerless uh, king when news like news like this happens. So, so a courtier comes in and says, "Sire, the people are are giving away all their money for pictures of apes." I just, have, I just have to go, ah, well, oh, I see. I, you know, I, just, I have no insight or is it just that it's too good to be true every time like if people just can't resist if someone just shows up and says why i've got a way that money can never stop and, and <laughs> instead of thinking like oh, i hope this isn't at the very least impossibly risky if not a scam like the last hundred times and then they just fall for it it just seems to work over and over again
1: well, yes, I think you have you have a few different schools of thought when you're presented with this kind of opportunity, um, which is you can either be like, ah, well, suckers would fall for this, but if I get in before them, I can sell this off to suckers before the whole <laughs> yeah. thing collapses. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you yeah. think this can't possibly be as stupid as it sounds, so hmm. I must be missing something, and you steer clear of it, thereby preserving all your money. Uh, <laughs> Or you just buy it hook, line, and sinker, at which point mm. you're the one left holding the bag of Dogecoin or whatever the f*** it happens to <laughs> this week. And the satirical cartoon this week is a video of Joe Rogan shattering an arrow on a prototype of Elon <laughs> Musk's new Cybertruck. Uh, sorry, that's not a sat- satirical cartoon. That's just a video Elon Musk posted this week on increasingly waterlogged and disinformation-clogged social media platform <laughs> X. It's hard to do satire in times like this. Uh, have you seen the video of Joe Rogan firing an arrow at a truck? Is that real? Yes. Oh, my God.
3: I, I believe the caption was actually Joe Rohan. Um, oh, yes. As as he got he spelt it wrong. And I thought that was at first a very clever Tolkien reference. And then I remembered the riders of Rohan aren't archers. That doesn't make any sense.
0: Was it to prove that the truck is arrow proof?
1: Yes. <laughs> it was to prove that the truck was arrow proof elon okay. musk contended or declared on with with little c- kind of evidence um that that this kind of arrow shot from this distance from this kind of bow would have gone through a normal car
0: <laughs> i do wonder like
1: did, did, didn't go off the, didn't go through the cyber truck <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh are we stupid are we, are we... <laughs> are we dumb for not wanting an arrowproof car do they do they know that a sort of mad max thing is coming and then um, (laughs) in like five years people will be like wow i mean thank god we have an arrowproof car (laughs) because those wasteland raiders are sure hungry for our bags of crystallized sugar (laughs)
1: Well, I feel this is sort of a post-hoc way of trying to make the Cybertruck look cool, um, mm, which yeah. he has sort of failed to do on the kind of design <laughs> front.
0: Do you think he's forgotten that uh, people can't just buy things if they vaguely look cool? Like, they, I mean, they can, but they don't have the funds. They're not as whimsical with their funds. Mm. They don't just go, oh, a cool truck, I'll buy that. <laughs> it has to It has to work. It has to be a car.
2: mm
3: And sort of fit into a a bracket where it matches sort of affordability and practicality. That sweet spot that nothing at Tesla do sort of seems to exist in.
0: Exactly, yeah. Because they're just, you know, everything should just be whatever, a Volvo or something. Yeah. But no one, that's not cool. That's not exciting.
3: I want a um, a, a (laughs) moat-proof Harrier jet. That's what I want. Just to (laughs) combine the two types of warfare we'll be engaging in in the future. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: it'll add an extra spice to car ads rather than a, a slick new Italian sports car moving smoothly over landscapes followed by drones. It'll, it'll be a, a sort of a, a clunky looking um, cyber machine <laughs> jumping through <laughs> obstacles and f- fighting off archers.
0: <laughs> they seem to want to make futuristic technology that's still like the computers in Alien where it's like green mm. text code on a massive <laughs> thick screen like it's it's old futurism it's old it's old futuristic it doesn't make any sense
1: yeah. i mean retro futurism is the future of futurism pierre <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get
3: on do they just never watch what happens to the really rich people in those films because paul riser <laughs> in aliens and all these people it never ends well for them and that's them they're not yeah. Paul ripley they are paul riser in his weird suit
1: it brings me back to my central contention about Elon Musk, which is that we read the same sci-fi as teenagers. We just disagree on who the heroes are. <laughs> and now it's time for our top story. Our top story this week is uh, physics-defying sperm news. Uh, and this is qu- quantum quantum sperm news. This is the original pre-boot of Back to the Future, I assume. Uh, the news that sperm has seemingly been detected defying some of the laws of physics uh, uh tom Needham, you've met sperm before can you unpack this story for
3: us? <laughs> <laughs> and only fleetingly and i uh this is basically <laughs> something that happens a lot when i'm on on the gargle which is i end up covering a story where i think the real truth is that a scientist was caught masturbating and quickly had to find <laughs> a reason to excuse themselves. So yes, um, basically, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, is it Kanata Ishimoto, uh, which is a mathematical scientist in Kyoto University, and his colleagues... A, important to add that uh, say, right, okay, I'm going to try and get this right this this exact quote, okay so it's the asymmetric interactions with animals uh, behind them and the fluids that surround them forming a loophole of equal and opposite forces that actually allow sperm to skirt Newton's third law of thermodynamics let's get it on that's the quote <laughs> um, so basically it's that sperm can apparently go through things that That physically they should not be able to go through that they are able to somehow uh penetrate uh sort of um different membranes that seemingly it would be impossible to do thus proving tom jones wrong that leaving your hat on is a legitimate form of contraception (laughs) um and they've been trying to work out why that is and it's something to do with sort of uh, this this odd motion i'm doing it with my hands which is pointless um but that allows them basically uh by sort of what is it again animals behind them and the fluids that surround them forming a loophole of equal and opposite forces which then allows them to penetrate it so one sperm can't do it but when they're all acting in unison in this in this material that's when they're allowed to do it have i understood this correctly
1: yeah, so Newton's third law is the, that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction and the way that sperm moves is what's called non-reciprocal which you don't want to bring into the bedroom uh, <laughs> <as> a principle <laughs> but it doesn't seem to cause a kind of a, a backlash um, in the material through which they uh, move in concert um, Pierre?
0: Yeah, they've got the, um, <laughs> the weird wiggly uh, tails that have like, the, the article uses the word motility a lot basically they move in a kind of flailing spiral that means that they don't get stuck in the gloop you should get stuck in gloop if you're in gloop (laughs) that's one of the Newton's laws was gloop if you're in gloop you should be stuck that was one of his big first discoveries when some sperm fell on his head and he realized that (laughs) it shouldn't be able to move like that
1: so these, uh, so they they they're called non-reciprocal interactions, and they tend to show up in unruly systems that seem to defy these laws of na- uh, of physics. Uh, so flocking birds can do it, particles in fluid, uh, swimming sperm, bros on a podcast. All of them can manage <laughs> to kind of defy the normal consequences of their actions.
0: I got the impression that there was a he was talking about two things where like a murmuration of, of starlings creates like air currents and stuff that keeps energy in the system. But also that the tail of the sperm specifically was moving in such a way that it didn't have any energy transfer lost to the sort of fluid around it. So it, it might be able to do it on its own even.
3: Oh, I, I, I assumed it was like a group, um, activity. <laughs> so something, something about
0: how they, they can't even quite reproduce the weird kind of, Jointed and unjointed at the same time, tail action of these little, mm. these little guys.
3: <laughs> it's amazing that there's such a feat of engineering, given how basic they are. Given that they sort of you can't whittle human beings down to a more basic form of life, and yet it's it's baffling scientists. Um,
1: of all the things that you can't reproduce, you'd think sperm wouldn't be one <laughs> of them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if anything, we have surface of it. We have we we're Yeah, drowning in this
0: stuff. But
2: there <laughs> seem
1: <laughs> I don't know about your Saturday night.
0: Tom. <laughs> yeah, I but I Tom, I think you're right. I think this this guy just had a this guy had some, some sperm on his hand and someone burst <laughs> in and he <laughs> transitioned to looking at his hand and sort of going, Ha huh. <laughs> ha that was that was how he opened. He, he opened my yeah, Ha yeah. huh, what? <laughs> I'm I'm
3: glad you're here actually. Actually I'm... I've got
0: a question for you. You see this? <laughs> you see this. How do they do how do they do that?
1: Are you fing a microscope or are you just happy to see a non a, a non-rational interaction of the laws of physics? <laughs> it's your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. And this section of the show is brought to you by High Visibility Workwear. For something that demands you look at it, it's not very good to look at. (laughs) Are you Blade the Daywalker, neither vampire nor human, driven by your dark blood to seek violence but by your human side to fight for justice? Constantly hunting, ever hunted, driven by a thirst you can never slake? Well, it's unlikely, but if you are, try half a glass of water. You never see Blade hydrating, I'm just saying. I know it was the 90s and before Water Talk, but you can't live on serum alone, and I'm just saying, he looks like he's got a headache. He could do it. (laughs) And do you hate having perspective? Are you worried you'll go through the world seeing things in a balanced and proportionate way that reflects the reality of the reality around you? Try spending all your time engaging with social media drama online. Guaranteed to make you sound like a complete maniac to anyone with a real life, social media drama is the quick fix to a reality that, let's be honest, is only ever going to end in the heat death of the universe. And even then, who knows? Social media, like strapping a GoPro to a coked-out lizard, it's guaranteed to change your perspective on life. And this ad section is brought to you by The Bugle, which means you can help to keep the gargle alive and thriving by joining Team Bugle. Go to thebuglepodcast.com slash donate to make a one-off donation, or you can become a Team Bugler to get bonus perks, including an Ask Andy podcast exclusive to subscribers. So if you want that, you can get that. Space news now, uh, and this is the news that what astronauts really need is a big man with a strong grip, as far as I can tell. Uh, apparently, NASA is struggling to open a sample container uh, with asteroid bits in it. Um, Pierre Novely, you know how to open a jar. Can you unpack this story for us?
0: Yeah, so basically... Um NASA sent up a, uh, a, a craft to take samples from an asteroid uh, and organized it very carefully. They're very careful at NASA. They, <laughs> I would say they're almost excessively careful. <laughs> and they managed to get it so that the canister full of delicious asteroid rocks, we presume delicious, uh, landed back on Earth so they could open it and eat them and enjoy some fresh rocks from space. But wouldn't you know it, the container has jammed shut. I think it was something to do with re-entry. I couldn't quite uh, uh, figure out from the article. I don't think they wanted to admit how they'd f***ed it. I think they were going, ah, oh, space waves maybe or or, or something. Um, what does it say? After multiple attempts at removal, the team discovered two of the 35 fasteners on the tagsam head. Could not be removed with current tools approved for use. They have to be careful because otherwise the space rocks get all uh, f***ed up and not science anymore. If you let (laughs) space rocks get dirty, they're not science anymore. You have to go get more.
1: Yeah, they, they, they seem to be very carefully trying not to assign blame to any specific thing. Uh, yeah. Francis McCubbin, who's a curator at, at NASA, says, the only problem is a great problem, and that's that we found a lot more sample than we're anticipating before even getting into the unit. And, and I just I feel like that's the kind of words of someone who's really f***ed it. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> they've, yeah, they've gone, if anything, it's the jar is too full of delicious space rocks. And <laughs> is a great problem for us to have here because of how much we love, at the very least, discovering a way to justify the budget we've spent on getting <laughs> these tiny rocks back to Earth so that we can look at them. Um, it must be tense, the budget meetings for these guys, because the, the numbers involved <laughs> aren't impressive, and especially Americans love big numbers you know, in, in their sports, uh, in, their, in their politics. The missions we exceeded the mission's goal of collecting sixty grams of debris from the asteroid. That's not an exciting amount of debris. <laughs>
3: what is there any exciting amount of debris?
0: Uh, it... a thousand tons. You know, a thousand
3: wow. tons of debris is wow. Impressive. wow. That's yeah. so
0: much. Well done, <laughs> guys.
1: It feels like a bit of the problem that uh, Gene Roddenberry set up with uh, Star Trek, which is that. Um, Part of the reason it, it was very difficult for the writers was that none of the central Star Trek cast could ever do anything that was like against the principles of Star Trek. So it was kind of an extremely difficult problem to solve because they all had to be acting honourably at all times. Um, and it, th- this idea that you can't get dirt on your dirt and you have to use the <laughs> specifically approved tool so that you know you haven't got any dirt on your dirt mm. uh, so that you can properly examine the dirt... Uh, undirtied by dirt it it feels a little bit like you need to bring in a kind of a Deep Space Nine um, scenario with external (laughs) characters who can behave irrationally
0: that's it
3: (laughs) have they considered the two go-tos for me which are one, run it under the hot tap and two, get your dad to do it because those are the two if you can't open something give your dad a call,
0: he'll sort it out is this not just proof that everyone who works at NASA is a a weak nerd
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think that actually what they should do is go, it's now a time capsule. Yeah, we Decided yeah. it's a time capsule now, only to be opened when NASA scientists aren't sort of cucked nerds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: the astronauts refused to do it. They were straight, they're in the pub. They're being cool. Yeah. They're like the jocks <laughs> yeah. of NASA, whereas all the yeah, yeah. all the lab millhouses can't open mm. this jar <laughs> space dust. It's embarrassing. Sending a, bu- a sending a bully. That's what I say. Yeah. Get those numbers up. More <laughs> debris, or I'll I'll bully you. That's the uh, new strategy for NASA.
3: <laughs> so the astronauts literally came back when we were on an asteroid. We collected asteroid dirt. We put it in here. Here you go. Your job is to open it. <laughs> yeah. So they all sat there going. Well, that is <laughs> that is an insurmountable task you provided for they us. They just there.
0: said, "Hey, nerd, catch!" Yeah. and they threw yeah. it like an American football right <laughs> at their chest, and yeah, it was very embarrassing. <laughs> why are they looking at asteroids? Apart from science brackets, general and progress brackets, human, but mm. why? So that
1: people can mine it for lithium, so we can keep running our rechargeable batteries. Oh,
0: oh. is it lithium again? <laughs> God, we're so horrible. No offense to the billionaires
1: who are all doing space missions because they seem cool and fun and not Mm. at all because they want to own the moon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what happened to wanting to own the moon? That was a Mm. good, honest villain's ambition, not just visiting (laughs) it. We've we've forgotten how to dream. They
1: want to mine the moon, Pierre, I'm telling you.
0: Hollow out the moon, fill it with debris, (laughs) fill it with all crap from our planet, all bobbleheads. (laughs)
1: <laughs> should i be
3: concerned that um sort of a lot of the planet's future relies on sort of trans you know transferring to to batteries and things for for electric cars and so far our plan for making more batteries is we hope that it randomly falls from the sky. Scu- that the material needed for it is just flying by us in space and we can pick it up because if it doesn't fly by us from space we don't have enough and yeah. we have no plan for if we can't get any more
0: our plan is space delivery <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, that was the the dinosaurs' plan, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Second plan, get these spaceships nice and (laughs) (laughs) arrow-proof.
1: Now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Tom, what have you brought in for us this week?
3: Um, Right, well, uh, yesterday was Halloween. Uh, in the UK and everywhere, I think. All Hallows' Eve. Um, And I don't usually get many visitors to my house, but I I, I thought I'd go all out uh, yesterday. So I put the little jack-o'-lantern outside. I got loads of sweets in and I prepared for visitors. And I thought I would rate... I didn't get many visitors, but I'd rate the the visitors' costumes that I got uh, who came to my house. (laughs) So um, number one, Ghost in Hat... Uh, a classic sheet with eye holes cut in it, but accessorized with a wide brimmed sun hat, added some much needed whimsy. Four stars. Uh, vampire <laughs> and toilet roll mummy, who came as a pair, uh, both passable. Toilet roll mummy was sagging with moisture when it did reach my house. Three out of ten for those two. Um, girl of about ten who wore a Hogwarts uniform with werewolf ears, who, when I asked what she was, replied, I don't know. Uh, four stars. <laughs> Don't let anyone dim your spark. And finally, seven-year-old boy who was wearing a hoodie and jeans. And when I asked him what his costume was, no word of a lie, his dad stood behind him, said, he's me. And the dad was wearing the exact same outfit.
1: (laughs) Five stars, no notes. That sounds wonderful. Pierre, what have you brought in for us?
0: Um, I would like to review uh, getting uh, an enormous reinforced mattress. That's what I've done. Uh, I had an old mattress. every time I woke up, I woke up in a ditch I, a ditch of my own masses' creation my, my I've got too much junk in my trunk. I would wake up in a in a divot So I went onto a website that was genuinely called something like gorilla beds. Um, <laughs> I ordered the kind of bed that they would make for a gorilla or a monster. And it, it, the address of the website, the email, it was a Hotmail account. Uh, I, got a, I got a reply from them far too quickly. But fair enough, I've got a mattress now that is largely bulletproof. And... It has unf my back. Five out of five for the enormous gorilla beds. <laughs> Thank you to the presumably blacksmith who forged this insane
1: <laughs> bed. I mean, five out of five. Have you tried strapping it to your car and having Joe Rogan shoot an arrow at it? <laughs> Speaking of billionaires, billionaire Zeppelin news now. Now, that's the kind of billionaire I can get behind. Uh, apparently. The new airship, which is funded by Sergei Brin or Sergey Brin, has uh, been approved for dominating our skies. <laughs> um, uh, Pierre Noveli, uh, you've smoked a pipe and worn a top hat before. Can you unpack this story for us?
0: Yes. So basically, it's, it's Zeppelin time again. We thought we were free <laughs> from the terrifying raids of 1914 and 15 here in London. But soon, uh, various Silicon Valley lunatics will be piloting very slow, very dangerous craft. Um, Bryn, he said um, he wants to develop uh, these massive airships for humanitarian and cargo transport. Which is a nice idea, but it is ve- it's is—it's a very pre-helicopter way of thinking about stuff, I think. <laughs> we very much have helicopters that can do <laughs> the same thing and much faster. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are running out of helium. So I don't know if it's, it's a good idea to transition to a series of enormous helium-filled balls that fly around instead of just <laughs> helicopters. And I know that that's not... Maybe, I don't know. Is it greener? Is it really greener?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it is greener, Pierre, but I think it is definitely funnier if all of the people who make any announcements about it have just first had a lung full of helium. That's
0: that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And they can say, they can say the word "hello" over and over again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's got electric motors, and it's filled with helium, and it's f***ing massive. And he's going to fly it around Silicon Valley and uh, bits of Ohio, <laughs> apparently, as well. And he seems to want us to believe that this is for something, and I do not. Um, I think this is because he was bored, and zeppelins are cool, and I, I'm i glad. I think it it represents a return to the proper top hat and cape level villain. Uh, style thinking. I think that's good for Silicon Valley. I think we're all bored of the Iron Man version of of villainy that we've been uh, uh, enduring. I think this will go back to sort of um, tying a screaming lady to a railway line. Um, <laughs> a big Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack the Ripper, foiling Sherlock Holmes, things like that. <gasps> I think we're going to get back to writing a letter in Invisible Ink with a big quill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell you what works really well uh, ah. as invisible ink, and can also <laughs> defy physics. Uh, no, a big, <laughs> a
0: big inkwell of jizz. That's what's good. <laughs> that, that's uh, in one, one cut from one of the Sherlock Holmes uh, mysteries.
1: <laughs>
0: this isn't just jizz, Watson. It's Dutch jizz. That's. Uh,
1: <laughs> From a left-handed, red-headed... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. He was facing north when he ejaculated. <laughs> you can see here. I, basically, there, there really is nothing to the story inter, inter, for, for us as humans, but it is another way for this guy to escape angry mobs, so that is good. I think that's what he meant by humanitarian aid.
3: There's something about the rich and Zeppelins that I find inherently funny, to the extent that while it was a tragic loss of life, <laughs> The Hindenburg. The thing about the Hindenburg is, it was a big bomb, and the big bomb that everyone <laughs> ate dinner on. And one day, the big bomb exploded. Yeah. And they had the audacity to call it the, "Oh, the humanity!" When what they should have been saying was, "Oh, that thing that was definitely going to happen—the
0: the big bomb exploded." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have shouted. Do you they, think that- they
3: went?
2: Yeah.
1: There's an exhibit at the... There was an exhibit at one point at the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney probably about 10 or 15 years ago, but it has stuck in my mind. Uh, It was a homemade dune buggy in which uh, a group of young men had crossed, um, I think, the Sahara Desert. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, in a tragic accident, one uh, load of the dune buggy young men had not made it across the Sahara Desert. And they said it was a tragic accident. And I thought... That's not the phrase.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like a tra- mm.
1: tragic homemade dune buggy ag- accident in the middle of the Sahara <laughs> Desert is not. Like, no, I feel like or like, accident is wrong there I, somehow. Yeah, what,
0: whatever happened to perished in the attempt? That was the...
1: the-
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the victorian adventurous (laughs) phrase it's no like oh he had a terrible accident on mount everest no 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 it perished in the attempt (laughs) they were doing a crazy brave thing and and Mm. you know it went wrong and
1: that's that's the phrase i was looking for pierre thank you that's been bugging me for about 15 years
0: (laughs) (laughs) what um what do you think is the amount of money that your bank account reaches where you start sort of going ah and building zeppelins and and (laughs) <laughs> making all these plans to have dinner on a bomb. what is the, yeah <laughs> what's the amount of money where you start to live your life like someone in a cartoon lighting a, a stick of dynamite as if it's a cigar
3: <laughs> i think it's the second that it's the second it's a swimmable amount of money the second yeah, that you can yeah. you can dive into it and it's it's swimmable you know well now um, Oh, you mean
0: yeah. you mean mcduck's number
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the mathematical equation.
0: Yeah, McDuck's number. I mean, any, yeah, yeah.
1: any amount of money is swimmable if you get enough inflation going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That would be tragic if, uh, if Scrooge McDuck was uh, living in, uh, you know, sort of Weimar, Germany. <laughs> and actually, he just, he just had a moderate income, but he just cashed it all out in, yeah. um, in pennies. That would be really sad.
0: Yeah, not a, not as not enough not enough Zeppelins in Zimbabwe for that to be, that to be true. We need a whole yeah. lot more Zeppelins in in Zim.
1: Not to sound like even more of a nerd than the person who made quite a specific Star Trek writing reference earlier in this podcast, <laughs> but. Uh, I quite like the addendum here that is corrected at the end here to say the, this story was updated to correct engineering details on the Pathfinder 1, uh, which is what this vehicle is called. Uh, 3,000 titanium hubs the vehicle has, not the 96 originally reported, and 10,000 carbon fibre tubes, not the 288 originally reported. Um, and I like this clarification because unless you are actually building a Zeppelin, it means nothing to you. Like, <laughs> those numbers could, yeah, could have been, this doesn't clarify, this doesn't give me a better vision of the of the Zeppelin, I was mm-hmm. not misled by the previous numbers, I had no f-ing idea.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine some kind of, like, rogue Zeppelin engineer, like the old fisherman in Jaws, going, what? That's nowhere near enough carbon fiber. Like, <laughs> those maniacs! And starting to, like, ring them up and, and warn them, we're gonna kill them all, it's gonna be that big dinner-eating bomb again. <laughs> Screaming down the phone, it's definitely that correction was the the nerd, the yes. the, the, the sort of head the Zeppelin henchman saying uh, <laughs> no. Actually, uh, it's actually like eight thousand. It's so many. Yeah. Uh, it's loads. Actually, you're really making me look like an idiot here.
3: But the plans also <laughs> revealed that there's a little two meter gap that when <laughs> rebels need to <laughs> d- detonate the Zeppelin. They need to go down a trench and then uh, and then that's his weak point. <laughs>
1: horrifying man-made chimera news or spider worms uh, this is the news that adding spider DNA to silkworms creates silk stronger than Kevlar uh, Tom Neenan you always look very well dressed can you unpack this story for us thank
3: you certainly I hate this story I hate spiders um, why do I hate spiders because they've got eight legs doesn't sound that scary but do bear in mind that's the equivalent of um, two tigers or four criminals so that is scary <laughs> think um yeah, so basically they it, it's this form of science uh called a, a, a hang on biomimetics is that correct? Am I saying that correctly? Um where they sort of they take bits of crazy bits of animals and they try and use the this sort of science behind how that animal does that thing to sort of help with synthetic uh creation. So they've got like examples here are shark inspired swimming trunks. So that's fun uh gecko inspired adhesives i guess with the little finger things and uh from what i understand they've also used um the tail of a tigger um for for like uh industrial kind of um uh levers and things so that's quite that's
1: handy. what that's what's in pierre's mattress yeah, <laughs> like yeah. tiger tails
0: yeah, we have to have a lot of them hunted. Or, or. <laughs> but The problem is that you can't breed them in captivity. They won't do it. So you have to <laughs> keep a wild but maintained population for culling purposes. <laughs> Which is sort of, yeah... It's controlled, and
3: they're, and they're, but that's, you know, it's, it's quite humane in that sense. You just sort of thin out the herd every now and again of yeah, the Tiggers.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. Get, you try and get the Tiggers that are, are going to be killing each other in Battles for Dominance anyway.
1: So. <laughs> 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 to, to return to
0: the actual horrifieds. Yes. So no, this
3: is um, the fact. So yes, Spider Silk, lovely Spider Silk. If you combine Silkworm, uh, with the, 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 if you splice... The genes of a silk one with the the genes of a spider. Is this correct? Then you create a silk, which is both very strong and spooky. Um, (laughs) That is the most important thing. And also it can withstand, obviously, a hit from an arrow. Um, Mm -hmm. And we should be doing this more. But apparently spiders are very difficult to farm. Because um, they're very charming on a farm and they befriend pigs and then they die. And that's uh, that's a fact I read in a book.
1: Is that right? Heartbreakingly sad. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They spend all their time writing messages instead of doing their job. (laughs) Exactly. Can't be farmed.
1: Basically, spider silk has all of these incredible properties. It's, you know, tensile strength is phenomenal, but Mm. it's very hard to farm spiders because they, uh, spiders are as scared of other spiders uh, as you are (laughs) and will attempt to kill them immediately. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard. So they've either got to breed a spider with a silkworm to make a peaceable fat spider, or they've got to somehow infuse spider silk-making genomes into silkworms Mm -hmm. in order to produce spider-quality silk um, from... Inferior Silkworm Bottoms. Uh, and it seems like they're actually succeeding. Um, they get, they're getting these uh, t- tensile strength fibres out of these silkworms that have uh, 1.299 MPAs of toughness. Again, they could be saying anything, <laughs> any string of letters or numbers, and I'd be like, ooh. That, essentially, silk, silkworms making silk that is six times as tough as Kevlar and ten times as strong as nylon. Um, and would definitely resist an arrow, even one from Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is this to
3: scale? So, like, because I don't want to brag, I can if I see a silkworm, a little bit of string from a silkworm, I can break it. Like, if and that's well,
0: just... like, yeah, I've I've walked through spider webs with my face, and I didn't get, like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get knocked on my ass. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be a limit to this. I did always think that, where they always go like, there's nothing stronger than spider silk. And you think, I think I could cut it with a knife.
1: (laughs) I I think we're all missing the third step here, which is where once they've horrifyingly bred the spiders and the silkworms together, then they will breed uh, the new mutant silkworm with an elephant.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. now we're talking.
3: Yeah, that goddamn elephant shooting ropes. Not in that way. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's right they're gonna put it right in the balls Tom, exactly <laughs> the right idea. do you know a better Hot... way we're gonna <laughs> look i don't want to jack off an elephant either. <laughs> if you've got a better way of making bulletproof materials i'd like to hear it <laughs> this is the same guy from the jizz story <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> This is the worst reboot of, like, the Peter Parker.
0: um, (laughs) To be fair, I am waiting for scientists to somehow harness the limitless energy of whacking off.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: we know it defies physics and it's incredibly strong. It is basically Peter Parker is in the uh, elephant jism. Let's make it happen.
1: And that brings us to the end of the show. I'm flipping through the ad section at the back of the magazine. Pierre, have you got anything to plug?
0: Yes, uh, uh, I'm on tour at the moment. Uh, Go on my Instagram to see the remaining tour dates. But the last big one is is Leicester Square Theatre on the 23rd of November. Um, That's the last outing for this show. It's straight fresh from the fringe 2022 uh, (laughs) in in small letters uh, after the phrase fresh from the fringe. So that's your last chance to see it if you're in London, 23rd of November. Why can't I just enjoy things at Leicester Square Theatre?
1: It's an excellent venue and you can get dumplings before or afterwards because you're in Chinatown. Yeah. Tom Neenan, have you got anything to plug? Uh,
3: just follow me on uh, on Instagram rather than X because X is rubbish now. So follow me on Instagram at TP Neenan. Um, uh, there's the Sky Short I did, which is still available on Sky or on Now TV if you want to find it. It's called Silo. It stars the brilliant of Patel and Kaya Smith Vino, among others. So, so check that out if you so wish. That's it. Yeah, happy with
2: that. That's
1: it, and thank you to our roving reporters this week. If you'd like to send in a story to us at Hello Garglers on X or Blue Sky, where we are the Gargle. I'm Alice Fraser. You can find me online at Patreon.com/slash Alice Fraser. I do a weekly writers' meeting. Uh, salons and various other updates to my life. It's a one-stop shop all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs. Uh, you can get the Dancy Lagarde reader at unbound.com if you type in Alice Fraser at unbound.com. This is an Alice Fraser and Bugle Productions podcast. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. Andy Zaltzman has no official title but just sort of loiters about in the spiritual background of this show. I'll talk to you again next week.
0: You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig.